This is a WTOP original podcast. From Podcast One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA, we continue looking into Russian intelligence efforts to compromise former President Donald Trump. There's been lots of back and forth about whether this is true or not, but one man, Yuri Shvets, a former KGB agent who defected to the U.S., says he's got the answer. There have been numerous uh, reports, books, articles, conversations about whether or not Mr. Trump was actually a Russian agent. What's your pronouncement? Yes, he was. And Shvets says it all started because of a connection at a specialty TV store in New York City. This gentleman uh, sold 200 TV sets to Trump, one of, of his hotels. Those TV sets were allegedly tapped by Soviet intelligence. And then... As a result, they established their contact with Donald Trump. The full story coming up on this edition of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. Russia could render huge harm to this country. North Korea's secret missile capable of reaching the whole of the United States. Dangerous terrorist. D.C. is repeatedly mentioned as someplace they would like to seek an attack. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA, the National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. On the last two episodes, we've brought you the story of how the KGB sought to recruit and cultivate Donald Trump as an asset. There's been lots of back and forth about whether this is true or not, but one man, Yuri Shvets, a former KGB agent who defected to the U.S., says he's got the answer. We met him while doing an interview with Craig Unger, author of the excellent book, American Compromat, which features the story Schwetz told about how Trump was cultivated. We've spoken to him several times since then, and we've asked him to fill in the blanks on how this all happened. We spoke before, and you told me that your department, your team, was involved in recruiting the former president of the United States or involved in cultivating him, Donald Trump. Can you tell us how that started? It started in the 70s, in the 1970s. And um, the KGB had a source, which was part of the Russian emigre community to this country. Um, this individual immigrated from his, with his family from the Soviet Union, from the Ukrainian city of Odessa in the early 70s. And uh, at that time, the it was a time actually when under pressure of the U.S. administration, Leonid Brezhnev allowed Jewish immigration from the Soviet Union. Many of those immigrants uh, landed in the United States. So, in order to immigrate, immigrate, um, these people needed permission from the KGB. And KGB approached about 90% of those willing to immigrate with the offer people sometimes couldn't refuse. It was an ultimatum. If you want to immigrate, you 
Right. A letter pledged to cooperate with the KGB. And I was told that in 90% of cases, uh, the people in, uh, agreed uh, just to immigrate uh, in the, uh, the country. Most of them, obviously, when they left, when they fled the Soviet Union, they forgot about this pledge, this promise to cooperate, and uh, never actually did it. But sometimes, having arrived to the United States or Israel, several months later, they turned around and started cooperating with their former, with, with their former government, with the government of the Soviet Union. They so want, so badly wanted to, 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 to break relations with. And this immigrant, Mr. Uh, Kislin, Sam, Sam Kislin, uh, he established uh, an electronic store in uh, New York. It was a special electronic store because it was selling dual system TV sets. In the Soviet Union, they have French Palsicam TV system, while in the United States, we have NTSC. And both systems were incompatible. So if you buy an American in a regular American electronic store, regular American TV set is not going to work in the Soviet Union. And it was the only store which was selling dual system TV sets. So this store was visited by all Russian diplomats, journalists, spies working in this country. It was a must before returning back home to the Soviet Union to bring a TV set from the United States. Moreover, many higher-level officials of the Soviet government, Communist Party, visiting the United States would go to the store and buy the TV set. Obviously, it was a high security risks from the KGB point of view because they were afraid this FBI or CIA can wire or install audio uh, recording, video recording in those systems and turn the TV sets into a spy machine. Mm. Uh, so they need to establish, and they did establish, a control over this electronic store. Uh, and they had this uh, guy who, who pledged to cooperate with the KGB. So at some point, um, this gentleman, this gentleman uh, sold 200 TV sets to Trump, to Donald Trump, uh, one of his hotels. From uh, the business, uh, financial, financial point of view, it didn't make any sense uh, because those TV sets were cost at least 30%. They were at least 30% more expensive than regular American TV sets. And no one in America needed dual TV systems. Um, so apparently at this point, the KGB just installed wired some of those TV sets, and they represented this as a big intelligence operation to, to the headquarters. And uh, this greasy deal, uh, it drew attention 
of the KGB station in New York. And as a result, they established their contact with Donald Trump. As a result of this relationship, he was invited to Moscow in uh, summer of 87 under pretext of negotiating with him uh, an opportunity of building Trump Tower in Moscow. It was a crazy idea, which had no chances to be seriously even considered in Moscow. Uh, and it was a big surprise that a serious businessman like Donald Trump represented himself would even consider this, this project. Because look, uh, it was a time of the Cold War. Yeah. And Iron Curtain still existed. And one of the purposes of this called uh, Iron Curtain was to make sure that the Soviet people do not see the how actually American people live. Uh, it's like, you know, North Korea, North Korean government doesn't want their people to see how people in, in South Korea live. Mm -hmm. um, so to imagine that uh, at that time, Americans would build such a showcase of American uh, consumer uh, world, you know, part of it next to the Red Square. It it was just crazy. Besides, the Soviets, uh, the Soviet government didn't have money for this because uh, uh, obviously a Trump organization would want this to be paid in dollars, but the Russians every single dollar was accountable. They didn't have much of them. And most of this hot currency was spent for military purposes. But it was a pretext, cheap and, you know, silly. But he bought it and, uh, or he pretended, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> to buy it. Yeah. And uh, he went to Moscow. And uh, the purpose of inviting him was to finally to see, to make as many experts, KGB experts as possible to see him, to evaluate him, and then to make decision what to do with him. Uh, the final analysis was that this guy can be useful because the key was, the key conclusion was that the guy fits into the category of people who can be recruited and used by the KGB. So that was crucial. Mm -hmm. So this is very interesting information here. You told us before that um, he was invited and he went uh, and he was evaluated. Um, do you know who arranged that trip? I have heard that uh, Vladimir Putin and a guy by the name of Vitaly Cherkin were involved in that arrangement. Uh, but who, I don't know if that's true or not, but who actually, do you know who arranged that visit? Uh, yes, I do. Vladimir Putin had nothing to do with this. It's 100% guarantee. Uh, at least because Vladimir Putin never worked for intelligence. It's a myth. Uh, okay. He wants, you know, he wants to be treated as a former intelligence officer. In fact, his bit 
to get a job with the agency was declined because he was found uh, unqualified. So he didn't have nothing to do with this. Vitaly Churkin. Vitaly Churkin uh, was used to, as a technical um, accessory in the operation. The thing is that the invitation to Donald Trump to come to this country, uh, to, the, to, to Russia, was passed through the Russian Soviet ambassador, Yuri Dubinin. And Yuri Dubinin didn't speak English at all. So when they met, uh, he would meet, uh, when he would go to some uh, public events, he would take an interpreter with him. And the interpreter was Vitaly Churkin. So that it was his role. Mm -hmm. At one occasion, they did meet, I mean, uh, Dubinin and uh, Trump, they met an, uh, at a social event, and it was Vitaly Churkin who served as an interpreter. That was the end of his involvement in this operation as well. Important role in arranging Donald Trump's trip to Russia was played by Yuri Dubinin's daughter, who worked undercover in the first she worked for the Soviet mission at the United Nations, and then she worked at the Secretariat of the United Nations in New York. And she was, unlike Yuri Dubinin, her father, she had a good English. Mm -hmm. And she was in contact with Donald Trump. And she was used to arrange, to make arrangements about his trip, which brought him to Moscow in some of 87. So this, this is the uh, situation that we face now. This was in 87... A lot of years passed between then and now, and certainly when he was um, president of the United States, there have been numerous uh, reports, books, articles, conversations about whether or not Mr. Trump was actually a Russian agent. What's your pronouncement? Yes, he was. Explain. Well, uh, under the KGB, or Russian, Russian terminology of intelligence, of Russian intelligence agencies, agent is a foreigner who understands that he is working with a Russian intelligence agents, uh, agency, knowingly takes tasks from this agency and execute them. The reason for his cooperation can be a combination. It's either money or ideology or what they call in Russia, in this country, very often they call it ego. In Russia, they call it uh, uh, psychological uh, psychological reasons. Yes. Um, in most cases, there is a combination. Donald Trump was uh, the basis for cooperation with Donald Trump was money and his psycho. So combination of different uh, special aspects of his psychology, such as 
vanity, relatively low IQ, uh, narcissism, and acute, acute willingness or desire to look more important than he was in real life. So a combination of these factors led Russians to believe that he was prone to flattery. They added financial component to this, and it worked. Was he paid? Uh, it depends, again, what we mean by paid. If you mean that the KGB would cut a check for him on monthly basis, it didn't happen. Hmm. But... Uh, KGB, well, Russia, uh, or let's put it this way. You remember the story when uh, Donald Trump Jr. said that uh, at some point in the 90s, money from Russia be became a disproportionately large part of the money coming into Trump organization. Mm -hmm. That was true, but not the whole truth. He should have said Russian intelligence money. Because basically it was Russian intelligence money channeled through uh, organizations or individuals ultimately connected with the Russian intelligence, which saved Trump organization, saved their business when American banks stopped granting loans to Donald Trump and his business. Hmm. Uh, the money were coming in from different directions. One, was, one of them was Iceland. Uh, that was the country which before 2008 financial, international financial crisis, it's almost the entire banking system was uh, put uh, under control of, of, of Russia. And uh, they were laundering money through uh, banking, um, banking system of the country. And then the money was coming to Trump organization. Another channel was Bayrock and people who were associated. And uh, some of them, uh, most important players, were connected with the Russian intelligence. Uh, the project of Trump Tower in Toronto, Canada, Again, they, there were people involved into this project connected with the Russian intelligence. So basically, whenever you look into who was involved in doing business with Trump organization, this way or the other, this individual organization or bank were connected with the Russian intelligence. Now, I should remind you uh, or tell or, or make a revelation. <laughs> Most people do not know in this country that... Uh, since after collapse of the Soviet Union, since about mid-90s, one of the top functions of the Russian intelligence became money laundering. They would take money out of the country, launder, and deposit it, preferably, in the United States banks. Uh, this led to a big scandal in the late 90s, with Bank of New York money laundering scandal when it was revealed that the Russians had laundered 
about seven billion dollars so bonnie and then the russians uh, they figured that why would we uh, risk money or risk laundering money through the banking system of the united states it's safer in, and better to launder through businesses. And this is where Donald Trump and his Trump organization became uh, especially valuable. So the Russian intelligence community throughout the 90s, the years 2000, were using this organization to launder money. Yuri, you left the KGB at the rank of major, is that correct? Yes. What was your secret for getting so much information at that rank? Because it's my understanding that a lot of information is classified and a lot of, um, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of compartmentalization and, you know, you have to either be very smart, very well connected, or um, very lucky to get as much information as you have uh, gotten as you got. So, how, what was your secret? How were you able to do that at that rank? Well, uh, I was I was working in an elite KGB intelligence department. It was the department number one. This is where all this information <laughs> was accumulated. Mm-hmm. It was an American department. Uh, besides. Um, I myself was, you know, you get information when you're involved in some serious operations. Yourself, you're involved. Not somebody, not, you know, you, you don't read this in the books, but you have, uh, you understand things when you personally experience them. And uh, at about the same time, when our New York station was cultivating Donald Trump, I myself was cultivating a similar source in D.C., Mm-hmm. And it was a parallel operation. So I was involved, I was in touch with the same people who were working on Donald Trump. And we used the same protocols. We used the same modus operandi. And we had the same bosses. And in the department, even though the information was pretty well compartmentalized, but in any event, we would gather for regular business meetings, we'll discuss things, what, what should be done, what shouldn't be done. Uh, so besides, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes people share with you, you, if you are friendly with your peers, they share information with you. Uh, some, sometimes this information was so mind-boggling yeah. that I'm uh, reluctant to speak about it even now. Well, I have so nothing special, no secret. It was a normal uh, way of things in the in the place where I worked. Mm-hmm. I just happened to be in the right time in the right place. That's Yuri Schwetz. He's a former KGB agent who defected to the U.S. And we've been talking to him for several weeks now about the KGB's attempts to get to now former President Donald Trump. This was many, many years ago. Uh, And the current state of Russian intelligence activities in the U.S. We'll keep pulling at this thread. 
More coming up on our next episode. In the meantime, if you have any questions or comments for me, send me an email at jgreen at wtop.com. That's the letter J, the color green, that's one word, at whiskeytangooscarpapa.com. jgreen at wtop.com. Also, we'd like to invite you to follow us on Twitter. We're at T-U-S-A Podcast. That's at Tango Uniform Sierra Alpha Podcast. We also invite you to subscribe to Target USA. And if you want more national security information, sign up for my newsletter. It's called Inside the Skiff, and you can sign up at WTOP.com slash alerts. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Seven years ago, college wrestler Damian Hurd disappeared from a party in Gunnison, Colorado. Everyone has been drinking or whatever the usual party scene. When, how, and why he left are questions I need your help to understand. Nobody's heard from him. No, it's just like he disappeared. From Cold Case Productions and Podcast One, Final Days on Earth, The Life and Death of Damian Hurd. I'm your host, Claire Sanima. Join me April 20th for the season premiere. Now, stay tuned for the latest headlines from the Associated Press.